to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by a map. My name's Alex Clemenson. Today on the show, we've got Simon Jones, the, the performance director at Cycling Australia. If you haven't already, check out MAP's full range of kit at map.cc, especially as it gets as we're heading into the winter months in Australia here. It's starting to get a bit cool. Today, I talked to Simon about his initial approach, how he, how he kicked things off from the start. He came from the UK to Australia with a four-year goal of the Tokyo Olympics. We talk about that. We talk about how he spends his budget. Fast forward to the worlds, how how what his thoughts were on that, his restructure, and then finishing off finish things off with how he uh, goes about managing athletes. I'm really keen to hear what you think about this episode. If you do want to share your thoughts, please um, send us a message or send us a comment on any of our social platforms, Stanley Street Social on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And I hope you enjoy the episode. And we are recording. Welcome, Simon Jones, to the podcast. You are a in-demand person when it comes to hearing hearing your story. We put out a post on Tuesday. Social media exploded. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, pleased to be here. You don't do much media, do you? Uh, try. Uh, I do what I need to do. I think media is pretty key in in this role. But I think the I, I I'm not a person that that comfortable perhaps in the like in the spotlight. I I think that's the place of the athletes and that they're the real stars of the of the business we're in. So let let them do most of the talking. Back to the start. So you you're working at British Cycling. You obviously got the call from Nick Green to say you've got the job. I assume you went out here. You come out to Australia. What? What what's what's your brief? What's what are your KPIs? Well, look, just to put the record, I was actually working for, for Team Sky then. I'd left British Cycling back in two thousand seven, which is a long, a long, a long time ago now. So, and I think after after British Cycling, I then worked in Australia for six years. I worked, I worked in the WA Institute of Sport, and um, I think my um, the way I wanted to work from a career point of view was gain some different different experiences and learn some different skills. And uh, which, you know, which I got from a, a more of a performance administration side of things, as opposed to coaching. And I, I, I was the head coach back at British Cycling, but that's a long, long time ago. And then um, I left Australia very quickly. Went, had, um, I got recruited back to work at the English Institute of Sport as a, a national role there, sort of leading their uh, endurance strategy. And then uh, got sort of headhunted, I suppose, by Dave Brailsford at Team Sky, and spent almost three years there with the team around looking at solutions, I suppose, and um, sort of problem solving. Um, and then, yeah, I've, I've, um, I've got, um, I've got uh, I guess, headhunted or approached uh, for the role um, in, in Cycling Australia. And I think, um, yeah, I think these, you know, these jobs, I mean, I, I guess the KPIs, to answer your question, I think the objective, you know, our, our job is to win, to win, um, the, you know, I guess, the biggest bike ride. Um, you know the bike races, and um, you know, and we're inve- you know we get our investment from the AIS. So I think you know they've got pretty clear objectives. They want us to win uh, Olympic medals as a priority, uh, World Championships, and uh, Commonwealth Games medals. You know that so that's really our, you know, our remit. And um, and if we can win other bike races along the way, then great. But that's the, you know, that's our that's our main KPIs 
is to is to win medals in those in those events and when you talk medals how many what what races what, what the olympics worlds as well or is it is it all for the olympics and is do you need to win no, no, every medal no, we have a, no but look the olympics is it's a pretty special it's the one of the biggest if not the biggest multi-sport multicultural um event on the planet and uh, and so it is it's it's a big event to win all athletes want to win olympic medal it's special you might only get one chance in your career maybe two obviously some special athletes get repeated chances to do that but um so i think there's an elevated um i guess ambition for a lot of athletes to do that but no look we, look, we want to win as we have done now we've been pretty successful you know over the over the past few years although i do think you know an olympic medal's very very special or a paralympic medal i should say as well so how many how many do you need to, if you walk out of uh, the tokyo village and you've got how many around your neck what's a success yeah no, well, well we had a target of of four to six um and that's pretty much sort of worked back from uh, i guess a number of you know obviously clearly the the top you know the the previous performance that we've had um at world championships the you know the quality of the athletes the ambition of the athletes you know the resource we've got the investment that we've got and um and, and, and i think that's a reasonable you know it's a high target but um but i think that i think we've got the you know we have, we've got the athletes and, and the resources to do it mm. um it's not an inconceivable goal yeah do you the th one of the things that amazes me about the olympics is it's four years it's such a long time from especially for some younger athletes like it's you it, so much changes from that period of when you're 18 19 20 to when you're 24 yeah. um how, how do you how do you plan so you've got this objective of four to six medals how do you go from a not so great previous couple of olympic campaigns to a, a re not a restructure but a, a re reinvigoration of uh, Australia's Olympic cycling campaign. Yeah. But, um, what look at the heart of, of, um, the performance is obviously talented athletes. It's the most important things. So we've got to make sure we have engaged, hungry, t uh, uh, talented athletes. And then you need to have, um, excellent coaches and they need to have the right amount of performance support. Cause I think performance now is quite sophisticated and, and, um, particularly, um, around training and, you know, aerodynamics, you know, uh, psychology, it is a sophisticated, um, problem to, you know, to solve. So I guess the, you know, those three key ingredients is really what you need. You need to have, make sure you have talent, um, you need to have coaching and you need to have the right support. And then I think you need to have timing as well. You need to sort of time, time the run and, uh, yeah, four years is a long, is a long time. So you can't just pop up and win Olympic games. I think you have got to be in that kind of like a bit of a bridgeable gap between uh, the podium and and range. Um, so yeah, and there's a lot of factors. I mean, athletes, coaches, and you know, we're a people business. So ultimately, it's about you know, giving people, uh, you know, I guess a clear direction and the resources. And and um, I think a lot of what we do and a lot of what the coaches do is and it is around problem solving um, on a on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And that's a and, that, and that's a because the goalposts shift. You know the one thing we can't control is the quality of the athletes of the opposition. We can't control 
what you know what other nations do and i think berlin was quite a, you know that was a classic case of a olympic year and you know the standards going up mm. um so yeah boy oh boy they're getting quick but we'll get to that at the end uh, a bit later <laughs> on in the podcast um so you've got you've got this but like so you get you walk in the door you said you found some if you're a problem solver you've got these problems what are they and what'd you do about it well look there's some technical there's i guess there's the technical and there's the emotional side of it i guess i talked touched on that we need to have athletes that are motivated and hungry and really ambitious and that's the key and so i guess you have to look at the environment which fosters that um i think what i learned over my career and working you know, back at British Cycling is, you know, I think the psychology and the environment's really, really key. So making sure the athletes are put in the center um, of their of their technical program. So there should be a real sort of co-ownership of, you know, the journey and the goals that they're on. Um, I think that's really important. And um, and I guess when you first enter, I guess any organization, you I think you have to meet everybody. You have to sit and meet and listen. And I think I did that a lot and traveled a lot around the country to listen to all the stakeholders and the state institutes and and try to build a picture of the past, um, you know, what, what worked, I think is really, really key because believe it or not, not everything that's new is better than what's been in the past. So I think mm-hmm. making sure you sort of keep what's, what's working and then you, and then you, you refine. Uh, and I think you need to, I think, you, I think, um, I think change is, uh, in all part, in all life, uh, in all our jobs is, uh, important. I think it's uh, inevitable. We've, you, you've got to innovate and you've got to improve, and and uh, and and I think you need to keep it fresh. You've got to keep it. Um, you've got to keep some energy. I think in organisations, you've got to feel there's a positive momentum. Uh, I think going forward, and um, so that's the thing I think you look for is is uh, direction, drive, ambition, uh, capability, knowledge. Um, you know, it is a quite a complex mix. And then you make decisions and then you, and I think what we did back in 2017, we just prioritized our resources. We still, we're still trying to win in every discipline, but we're trying to really clear, clarify our role. And also uh, we took a, a pretty targeted approach around uh, investing, I guess, investing more resources that we had around sort of, uh, you know, where, we had, where there's more chance of winning, which is around sort of more track, um, track, uh, you know, disciplines. That's not to say, you know, we still did and had support in other, you know, disciplines, but we just changed that emphasis. Um, so I guess we sort of re re-emphasized uh, where we put those resources back in 2017. Can you tell us how much, what your budget is for the Olympic period? It's about 10 million. 10? Yeah. And then you spend that, how, how, how do you break that up? Because again, I, I imagine that's another, another challenge. Yeah, it's about forty percent on people, forty percent on travel, and the rest on um, uh, equipment um, and um, other strategies, other performance support strategies. I guess from you know from a very simple sort of breakdown. Yeah, and, and pe- people travel are the most most expensive things um, that we that we do, and particularly from Australia, that's a thing. You know, the striking difference. You know, ten million sounds a lot, but that but that's across the Paralympic program as well. That's Para and Olympic. And that's across, you know, we've got, there's 22 gold medals available in track cycling. There's 50 gold medals available in Paralympic cycling. Mm. You know, cycling is a complex, diverse, multi, multi-discipline um, sport and um, where we compete at, on, in, in multiple continents. Um, so I think the travel for us, it's a bit of an obvious one for Australians. And 
uh, but it, it it really eats into you know like the budget and if you uh, it, and it is a it is a challenge um, that we have to face. Yeah, and so part of your part of your campaign kicking off was all that cash every dollar is going to those four to six medals we're putting it all on the track on the track all on the table uh no it wasn't four to six on the track we we looked across um road where we've, we had opportunities which we've had a pretty good run um around around obviously our role's different in the road you know the you know the the pro teams take up the the vast amount of the preparation but i think some of the selection decisions we've made and the the focus, I think, supported medal outcomes on the road, and and the same that we've we've made that we made that um, a small but targeted investment around sort of BMX, and um, so again we've had we've had a pretty good run across like across the board I think um, not just track so the four to six target was across the whole Olympic, um, and we had targets in road we had targets in BMX, so we had a four a four target medal for track we had uh, uh, one one in BMX. Uh, and we had uh, two, two, one to two on the road uh, as as a medal target. So it was spread spread around the Olympic disciplines. We didn't think we were going to be medal competitive in um, in mountain bike. And then you know, Beth McConnell, you know, through um, you know, really sustained, hungry, uh, uh, you know, and dedication to to mountain biking. She ended up getting a, a podium last year at the Worlds, and I think put herself in the the frame for potential sort of. Uh, in a medal performance in Tokyo. So, um, mm. so again, it's, um, I don't think the targets were unrealistic and I don't, I, I still don't think they are. And, but they do change. I think they do. They do change. I think we then have to change our resources and support, you know, um, as we go through the cycle. So once you, uh, get to know everyone, you've got your new, starting to roll out your new model what what were the changes what were the things you talked about not changing things so some things are as they should be don't change it if it's not broken but there obviously were some changes what were the things you were like this needs to change for us to win in tokyo yeah i think um i think it's often the relationship with um uh like as i think athletes have to set their goals i think athletes have to be um you have to co-create you know that create that final destination and sort of work 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 together and so i think that was i think that's still a, like a work in progress but i think that's really key to it i think there's a shared accountability to winning um and uh, you know the athletes are absolutely set, you know, but i think you know the center of that of that problem to be solved um as is coaching and planning having a really clear strategy i think is 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 really key so we've worked quite a lot on systems and processes and planning. I think um, um, it's not about the plan, but it's, I think what planning provides you is options and it's about to manage risk and it's to look at what ifs. And I think, so I think we've introduced a lot of planning um, around, I guess the, what is it we're trying to achieve in the future and what, what do we need to do? You know, what are the gaps? What are the strategies, you know, and uh, you know, what are the what ifs? Uh, we introduce more performance psychology. So I think managing, managing uh, performance under pressure is is really really key um for both athletes and coaches so we introduced more um psychology we introduced uh, an aerodynamicist whose job was to look at the you know um you know like about 85 percent of the energy cost is is lost through to drag um so i think you have to you have to align the resources to you know what we call the end you know the um you know the event demands so i think in in all sort of timed and time trial events in particular you know so track and road 
you know, power output and drag reduction are right up there in terms of in terms of areas where you need to spend your your resources. So those so, so again, you know, putting athletes in the centre, co-creating plans together, and um, having more technical support, but also having that uh, additional psychology support around, I says, what man- managing and, and thriving under pressure. Um, yeah. What what were the what were the psychology aspects like? What was your objective there? Well, a lot of it's around skills, and it's uh, the, the way I. It's quite interesting with psychology. I think the relationship that maybe it's a bit different sort of culturally. I think um, the way I. So I think all of what we do is around sort of build like building skills, and um, and it's a way of thinking. Uh, I think psychology, and a lot of it's around like humans are wired to, to you know to respond in a, a flight off or fight kind of response and it's it, it and it's learning how to to harness that i suppose in a really simplistic sense and uh, and it's a skill so you have you have to do training on that and you have to start off at the um you have to start off at the beginning i guess and um mm. and i guess i sort of noticed that maybe the relationship that or the understanding or the you know the perception around psychology was perhaps a bit different um but in the team it was more perhaps seen as a or when you had a problem you would go uh, to see the psychologist whereas what I've learned in, from my previous roles, it's, it's, it's a real, it's a real proactive uh, tool and weapon, I suppose that you could really harness. And um, so I think the psychology around understanding yourself, I think it's really key understanding how you respond uh, to situations, how you can problem solve and how you can think like, is, is really at the core of it. Um, and that's really where a lot of our, um, that initial kind of psych, you know, psych support, and training sort of goes and that's again for for not just athletes but coaches i mean like coaches feel under pressure at, at major championships and um and a lot of the good work that's done over you know the previous year or whatever can be can be undone pretty quickly in in a moment under pressure um, so i think you know so, so training for pressure events and putting yourself under pressure um at key times is really really key really part of really part of the process how much did you invest in that? I guess um, I don't question it, but I remember, I remember when I was in um, in the AIS program and they talked about this psychological support. As you said, when I was there, it was very much, you've got a problem, you go there, but otherwise, nah, just don't worry about it. Just worry about your performance. Is was it, Did it become a key part of their training or was it? did it still have that little tinge to it? Like I said, look, I think we're, it's um i think it's a bit of a work in progress some some athletes and coaches have have um sort of adopted it more in a in a proactive way and i think it's um i think you have to make sure you tailor support to individuals as well i um i i think it's quite important that you know there is some choice you know in and not one thing fits everybody and um yeah i think having so the way that we so we approached we we we, we approached um Ruth Anderson, who actually was, she's an Australian. She was the head of AIS um, sort of previously. She'd actually then did work in the UK for British Cycling. And I was pretty keen to make sure we um, were looking for type of person, the type of experience and, and, and Ruth was uh, looking for some change. So, um, so I think, again, it comes down to people. A lot of our, you know, a lot of the, um, the resources are down to like knowledge and the knowledge is held in people. And so, yeah, so Ruth had, um, and I think the best way to be proactive with uh, psychology is, is you've got to have a psychologist at the races. So 
I think it was the first week Ruth spent, she went to, um, I forget which, which Trap World Cup it was, but she went to the Trap World Cup. That's the best place to engage um, coaches and athletes is in, is in that competition environment. Mm. And pretty much that's how we allocated Ruth's time was to, you know, sort of work back from world championships and sort of build in a program of support around, around those key events. And I think, and that's, again, that's what I've seen worked, worked well. I think where psychology doesn't work well is where it's, you're in office back in the, you know, it's, and you're trying to understand, well, I don't really get why I need this. I think when you're in the environment, you're under pressure and you can speak to someone about your thoughts and feelings and emotions that you're dealing with. And they're there to kind of help you understand that and give you solutions and strategies to, to you know, to train you, to, to train your mind up. Like ultimately, that's what psychology is about. Mm. Uh, I think is, that's the best place to do, do they Do they wear a CA shirt though? Do they wear it? Do they report to you? Do they, does that concern you that it might not quite, that independentness, that kind of independent body that might be a bit more trustworthy? Um, does does that concern what, you, or do you think that still works under the CA banner? You mean, you mean you're not? We're not. We're not trustworthy now. I don't know what you mean by that. I mean, well, it's, so yeah, like, look, we have a. Um, I guess coming back to personal experience, it was like, well, kind of reports to my coach. My coach makes decisions. That means if I get selected for the next yeah. race, like, yeah. Does does do you think that part is still that's still an element, or do you, of of. Of what? Of the, I'm not too the, sure. the current situation. Look, 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 inevitably, I think the way that we we make we make decisions, uh, certainly from selection, we have a panel. You know, the coach provides recommendations, but we actually select through. Uh, and if there's any, you know, I make the final decision from a with a five person panel for like major events, um, and um, we have an independent selector. So I think we we've, we've sort of broadened the accountability of the selection. Uh, the coach has a really key role in that, but still it's um, a shared accountability. And I think in terms of the performance support, I think it's, um, I think the, it's, it's really, I think, important for coaches to, you know, leverage expertise, you know, when, like when required. And, and I would say in, in any, in any, in any performance team that I, you know, and I would say this is a, a non-cycling thing. I would, one of the first support staff that I would look to recruit would be a performance psychologist. Um, because I think the um, what differentiates what differentiates a people quite often is is their mental approach um, at the very pointy end. Um, so yeah, I think there's some cultural, and you've obviously got some personal experiences. And as I understand it, you were in the under you know like the under twenty three team, and maybe you know the I think the, you know the coaches everything lot on the road. They're the DS, they're the coach, they're the, the you know you're confident, they're you you know and they, and because there's quite low resource on perhaps under 23 teams. So maybe you didn't really get the chance to experience, a, I guess, a more of a multidisciplinary team. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, sounds good. Yeah. Fast forward to, um, well, I guess, fast forward a couple of years, things were, especially from the outside, things were looking, looking good. We had the football records. Um, we're heading into the world champs. At that point in time was a few months out, out of Tokyo, the kind of the big, the big test event. Um, how do you look back on that? What, what you're talking this year? Yeah, this year, Worlds. Yeah, well, look, we were peaking for Olympic, you know, for Olympic Games. And I think, I think the lessons from Berlin would be, um, 
I think it was, uh, yeah, um, so that was the strategy for us to peak. And, and I guess it's quite easy. You might think you're on track, uh, but it's quite easy maybe to, um, and we had a few, we had a number of, of reasons and we had some uh, crashes and so on and, you know, quite a few issues around the team, you know, as you probably know from, you know, Matt Glakes's issue and he had crashes. We had Tim was was not well. So had quite a lot of, you know, Kel, Kel crashed at the TDU. We had, um, so I wasn't sort of overly concerned. I guess it was the, um, I guess what was interesting about World Champ is that you see what, what other people do and you start to see what the level is. And I think perhaps the biggest lesson for Berlin is perhaps we hadn't set the target high enough for Tokyo, you know, where, like what was possible. And I think just using a team suit example, the reason the lads were under 350 is because they wanted to be the first team that went under 350. Had a they had a compelling uh, goal to chase, and um, and and you know they exceeded it. And um, and then the so Danes I think, I think, ride a 344. Yeah, yeah, like, out of control. Yeah, yeah, but that, but that's the great thing with sport, isn't it? And like if we if we if we knew what was going to happen, it'd be really boring, wasn't it? And I think, and um, yeah, seeing um, you know, like I guess across the board, I mean, it was um, everyone was raising their game. So I was actually, and still am, pretty excited about the challenge that that created. And I think we often talked about the team that um, I think winning is one thing, keeping winning is another, and the difference between being the hunted or the hunter is. Is something quite interesting. So I felt that we'd, yeah, came back from Berlin. Like, okay, right, okay, well, that's where the that's where the level is. So I think I really felt a a real a real impetus. Uh, and yeah, we had to make a like in a, like in like in sport, life, business, call it what you've got to keep changing, innovating, and you need agility and you need to be fast moving. And if you're not, and if you're not willing to to change, you just you know fall back. So we had to we had to change some of the approaches that we had and. And sharpen it, and yeah, it was, it was a massive disappointment, in, in a, um, disappointment to you know have the games uh, postponed. But obviously, there's much bigger issues uh, globally than uh, sport at this time. Was it a blessing in disguise, though? Gives you another year no, and two months to prepare. No, because no, not really at all. Because everybody, everybody gets more time. As I said to the guys, everybody's thinking hard. Everybody's got more time. I was thinking, right, oh crikey, we're not maybe where we would be. Um, and so I think everybody gets more time, um, to, uh, so the Danes so going to be writing sub forties by then. Yeah. But, well, I think it's going to be quick. Yeah. I mean, Tokyo is going to be a fast track. It's got a bit of altitude. It's hot conditions. But yeah. So we've, look, we've, re, we've, re, we've reset our targets. We've, um, refocused, I think. And, um, yeah. And I think you've got to be careful what you wish for is uh, I often say that as well. So you've got to make sure you set a pretty scary target. Um, and I think those targets drive us then to, to do what's really that you need to do. And, um, it's quite easy to, I think, convince yourself that you, you're training hard and, and you're where you need to be. So you need to constantly, you've got to face the music, you've got to face, you've got to like test yourself. Uh, and I think you've got to assess whether you're where you, you think you were. And, um, so that's probably one thing we're going to do a bit more of is just making sure we, uh, evaluate, uh, honestly, like, like, like where we're at. Yeah. And, um, and, and then the more you can't do that all the time, but you've got to do it. You've got to do that sufficiently enough that you can change course if you need to. Cause you know, as you know, from your experiences, it's not an exact science, um, cycling performance. It's a, it's, you know, it's a complex, 
you know it's a complex um mix of, of you know factors so i think the more the more chance you get to refine and, and get information to adjust your training or your mental approach or whatever it might be i think that's a good thing yeah so if you were on track and you're still confident you're going to win why the restructure well i think the the main reason for that was i guess i guess twofold i didn't think the restructure would have a negative impact if anything it was a positive impact on on um on uh, tokyo and also um there's planning we got a plan part of our budget the 10 million that we have we have to provide development pathways as well and i think part of the part of the change is to enable us to do more around our development pathways for the future so i'm part of i guess the big part of my role is thinking beyond uh the next olympic games and having like an eight-year view um so i was thinking about how we could um boost some of our development strategies and that was a, a big a big part of it but would correct me if i'm wrong but wouldn't that rock the ship a little bit you've got um this team that you've been working with for three years especially in an athlete environment people people don't people don't like change and for no, you to that's right no, rip, rip no change personnel it's uncomfortable yeah yeah no it's uncomfortable yeah and it has look it's, it has um it's ch- change is uncomfortable i think it i think it's necessary i think we've um gave it a lot of consideration and yeah it will it will unsettle but i think given given where we're at uh, I think given the, I think the bigger picture, I think, I think we had to do it now and, um, and have, and have some short-term unsettling where to be honest, we're not still back in full training properly as well. We're just starting to re-enter the training environment. Mm. So it is an adjustment. I think it's the right adjustment to make. I think it's, I think it's going to improve. I think ultimately the, I think the planning, the coordination, the delivery to the athletes, I think we've got a better, a better tighter uh, support team. And it also sets up the, you know, for the future as well, I think, which is, which is really, really key. And I think that's the delicate thing with the investment and the resource that we have, that is how you invest in the short term, but also you've got to invest in the long term as well. So it, it is, and, and also like, for example, the back end of next year, you've got, you know, the you know, Olympic games, the Paralympic games, the road world championships, the track world championships, all, all the which are important because they all contribute to subsequent qualifications as a big sort of knock on effect. And then we're into 2022, so we've got like a we've got a home a home road world championships for example. Then we've got Commonwealth Games. You know, it gets it it got busy really really quickly. So we made that decision, um, a very calculated decision to make some changes now, which we well I believe will improve our chances for next year, uh, but also set us up better for the the future. And Albeit so- there will be. It is uncomfortable for a period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine it's. it's yeah, but it's it tough. is. But I, I, it is. But I believe people are very resilient, and I think they, uh, and um, I think we'll bounce. We'll bounce from this. So how? So how will the athletes be better off? Well, I guess it's. Uh, I think the. I think the way. The, the I guess the athletes are better off. I guess that's a good question. It's a. Uh, I get I'll go back to the I'll go back to what I think is the most important um, like ingredients of success. You need to have talented athletes with um, good coaching and and key support. And I think it's making sure the mix of that is is clear. So we want to have tighter, more coordinated, really really focused teams on on the on the performance support. And um, and I guess I guess at the moment I get, there's a bit yet to be seen. We we still we still can't travel domestically. There's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns. 
uh, into this next year. So I think we'll have a lot of domestic travel. We'll, I think we'll be traveling less. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be training more, which will present its own uh, challenges in itself. Um, so there's a, lot of other pro- there's a lot of other problems that we need to solve, um, which I think we've got the resources to, to do and to manage with. Yeah, but so will some of that cash that you now have, also, I guess you've got more cash because they're, no, they're traveling. Back to your original budget, there was a huge expenditure to travel. Uh, that's come to it, it is. zero. Where, yeah, exactly. where, is, where is that cash going specifically? Well, that'll be, well, again, we'll be, I get the one, we've got some, we have got, we have saved some money for not traveling this year, but also we've got, um, we're planning for pretty much from March next year, um, there'll be more, there'll be, we'll be, because I think with the, the way you have to do this, you have to plan for success. So we're thinking, right, COVID's going to be for this long. There's a ban on international travel. So we've made a, a line in the sand where we think international travel will, will start from again. And uh, which we sort of thought about maybe March next year, to take a, like an educated guess that may, that may change. And, um, and then also by the end of this year, we'll, we'll find out in October uh, what our 2024 investment is so we don't know at the moment what that looks like and clearly given the the huge impact that covid's had on uh, the economy that's quite uncertain so what we do know we've got money for next year and obviously having some savings now albeit uh, overall relatively small in the whole scheme of thing could actually be quite useful for the future so um so that i think the bit that i think the, the i guess the only good thing i suppose is we've got some we've got some surplus at the moment to to weather some storms so until the back end of the year we won't really know what our what our future um 2024 budget looks like so until then uh, i'll probably let you know after that like where we spend it and what our financial position is and that's and that and that's the real that's the real challenge yeah um, of what of what we're faced with at the moment yeah 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 i i get that but in terms of um like athletes, I guess it, it, it's a little bit, there's unknown because of this extra year. Um, they're, they're in limbo just as much as everyone else. Do you invest any cash yeah. in or time or people or whatever it is in once they get cut? Yeah, but I think uh, exit from sport is inevitable, isn't it? So it's, uh, it's part of the process that sport. on entry. Well, it's, you can't be an athlete forever. So, um, so yeah, we've we've got. Um, I think the I think all all sports systems, even when, I think when you were, I think there would have been resources around uh, careers and education, and and um, and now it's called athlete wellbeing and engagement, where there's a it's a like a multi factor, a quite a, a diverse range of support there for athletes. Where um, so we do have curriculum, we target it around the academy, and also our sort of the power program at the moment around providing. Um, or developing a curriculum for not just on-bike skills, but off-bike skills. So like setting people up for the future. And um, so I think there is there is exit support uh, for athletes that leave the program. And I do think it's now that I think sport could generally, Olympic sport could do a lot, a lot better with, with setting up things like alumni and networking groups. And, um, but a lot of that, a lot of that work needs to be done. I think as you um, sort of start, Start, you know, start your career, and that's for some people that's a more comfortable proposition to do. Um, and other people they would prefer to leave it and sort of target it a bit later. I know, like, I think Simon Gerrans is a great podcast the way that he talks through his 
approach to his career as a as a, a bike rider and then how he targeted his exit from and how he took accountability for that mm-hmm. um but i do know that we've got a role for for creating space and resources for that um <coughs> so there is there is a strategy there is more support now for uh, for that and also for um in the last couple of years uh, we've uh, you know because people do transition out uh, and i think it's the you know the first time that we provided you no know, significant um or we sustained athletes um you know the uh, you know the dais grants which they get we've actually sustained them for uh, up to six months afterwards um so which enables people to transition in a much more comfortable whereas i think historically across sport in general um that you know that you know that athlete funding would stop straight away which is which is which is pretty tough so we have made some improvements um i think i think we can do more and um and we are working towards that this sport this sport like what would you do? sorry like what would you do you know what what would you like to see in uh in what area uh transitions transition um well, I think uh, I think as you pointed out, it's it's half on the athlete, half on the organisation. There's a, there's a bit of a bit of both to play, but I think um, it definitely wasn't for, it was there, but it definitely wasn't encouraged when I was there. I think um, there's definitely a bit more work to do in that space um, in terms of actually, all right, here's a program, here's an opportunity for yeah. you, um, yeah. but also like you, we when we when we had it, it was like oh wasn't really it was hard to follow up it was wasn't really endorsed by the coach um and so it was kind of there but not really and yeah. i think that 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 plays a part that it's accepted and it's included um within the squad but then also yeah just a little bit of realization around what what, what is the end of the line and i guess too for, for the track guys too because you finish and that's it it's not like I could find another road team. It's yeah, um, yeah. it's the end of the line. Yeah, look, I think depending on, I think you're, I think some of the, um, I think this is a really important message to talk about because I think we've we've raised it. We've done sessions about what's next with athletes. So we've we've held workshops with the podium squad saying, come on then, post post um, post career, what would you do? Or post Tokyo, what would you do? You know, are you are you carrying on? Are you gonna um, so I think creating the space to get people to think. So I think we've had some really good feedback on that. And, you know, on the academy now, we've created space on a, like, like the Monday afternoon is our sort of curriculum day where we're delivering um, and we're going to continue to deliver a mix of, of um, sort of on-bike and off-bike uh, training. So that's our like curriculum day. So I think creating space is really important in the, we've got athletes who we're allowing, you know, enabling to, uh, to you know, continue pretty, pretty, pretty difficult degrees. Uh, so we've committed to sort of working around that and being more flexible, and um, that that is challenging for the, and that doesn't fit everybody. But I think we're I think there's a I think there's a more flexible individual approach to that, uh, which is really much more challenging for the coach to um, to manage. But I think that's where coaching's a much more sophisticated uh, challenge now. You know, in our junior selection, we made it clear that unless you're pursuing um, education, you're not going to be considered for selection. So I think those types of things that we've implemented, they're not just tokenism. They're actually, we generally believe it. And, um, but there is, you're right, there's a response for us. And I think we've been, we've been encouraging it more and, and some athletes have done a really good job at, at leading themselves and others need a bit of a nudge. 
Hmm. Um, and um, so yeah, it, it's it's progress. Yeah, um, I don't think that there's not an answer. There's no one answer for it, um, but there's definitely ways you can help facilitate it. What about? I guess from the outside, we see these tweets and comments on social media from some people that have been fired from the squad or um, let go as a coach. Like, how do you react to that when you see what they're saying under your watch? Yeah, look, look, I would just say that change is is always uncomfortable, and um, I guess people are, I guess, you know, entitled to to say what I want to say. I think it's, I think it's best, you know, where you can. You know, we all can make mistakes. Uh, around that but it's um i think there's ways of giving feedback which we do at times and we listen to people and and um yeah i think it's uh i think those best are sort of kept private to be honest you know those types of things i think that people yeah. i don't understand you know it's a, it's a probably quite a complex um they're individual and complex reasons i guess and situations yeah but does it concern you but I don't know, I guess you know the inner workings of it, but does it, does it worry that it's kind of, it's under your roof that this is getting out, that they're saying some pretty negative well, stuff? Yeah, look, well, look, social media is interesting, isn't it? It's, um, it's people, it's like a, it's, 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 it's all too easy, isn't it, to, you know, to say, you know, and, um, but yeah, I guess it, I guess it's, um, it'd be, it'd be great for everybody to say, yeah, it's, it's, um, they've had a, um, but I think you know that's we're not. We're not we're, I don't think we're living in a in a realistic world. I think there's you know we have to make some tough decisions at times, and um, but I do think we do that with compassion. I think we do that with thought, and we do it with support as well. Um, how how people want to convey their thoughts and feelings and emotions, which it seems to me publicly is really it's really down to them. So. Um, yeah, well, I guess emotion. Because in, in that environment, emotions are running high. Like how, yeah, how, how do you, yeah. how do you go about cutting an athlete? I kind of, I don't know. I've never, I've never really been cut. I kind of quit. Um, yeah. But how, like someone's in the, it's on the journey of their lifetime. Olympics been their dream for their entire, entire life. And you have to tell them that it's over. How do you do that? Yeah. Well, look, I think it happened. It's yeah. It, it, making selections for any, you know, we make selections always. I think it's, you know, we have very long selection meetings. And when we're considering ethics for the program, we don't do it lightly. And um, so we have, we have enough, we, we try to, where we can remove, remove the bias. So we have like a, a number of sort of criteria and questions. We look at trajectory, we look at progress, you know, we, you know, we assess a number of factors and we also use multiple people in that as well to check and challenge the, I think the thinking. And I think that's, um, so I think what we do, we do, we do our best to make the best informed decision and you know just take a a national team you know that it's a limited team size so you have to leave people out and it's, it's it's just part of the business unfortunately that's part of you know when you get into high performance um you will be left out of a team at some point some through injury some through performance and some through maybe other people are better than you um because in high performance we can't unfortunately support everybody you know we are trying to be um world world class and world leading and, and I guess it's the, it's the, I guess to answer your question, once again, it's a under really careful consideration. I think all, I think all selections to make, you know, the best informed, you know, decision that we possibly can. Mm. 
one one of the one of the comments that comes steers through a lot of the commentary that comes out of your squad in its dismissals is um the lack of consultation is that fair or is that just how it should be how it is it's cutthroat sport or do, yeah how no, do you feel about that i think we consult on on really appropriate things i think for to, like to everybody we have a lot of consultation and but some things you can't um consult on because they're the personal private uh you know matters which you can consult on um so i think that's the same for any like any person in any walk of life so i think we do we do consult we've got um groups where we consult with athletes um i think that's that's better and different um but i would say we can't consult on everything and we won't be consulting everything because it was it's just not appropriate um and i'm i'm pretty confident about the level of consultation and um you know that we have on the program but some things we just can't and i'm sure you could could uh, appreciate that from your from your cycling um career perhaps yeah uh i think i think from an athlete perspective it's it's a no-brainer like because what i was talking about before it's like there's so much that goes into this thing for what one individual that is your life you yeah. live in this kind of this bubble of um yeah almost naivety well, and for them yeah, i'll give you a well, let me give you an example. We've had athletes on a selection panel for coaches. Do you think that's good consultation? Yeah, that's really good. So were the yeah, athletes so that, part of the restructure? And the athletes uh, part of that? Uh, they were, because we did an extensive debrief and we I'd listen to people and I'm going to listen to people all the time. And I take very seriously the athlete's um, um, view. And again, it is a consultation. So, um, but yeah, I mean, having, having athletes on a, on a, on a coaching selection panel, I think that's a really good example of some of the things that we've done. And like I said, some things we can consult on and some things we, you know, like we can't. Yeah. Um, but it, that's just, that's just being professional about, about making, uh, those sort of right decisions. Yeah. Um, but I think from a, from an individual perspective from a human perspective from a um athlete and employee perspective that shouldn't be sacrificed at all in terms of when you're hiring and firing individuals i don't really know what you mean by that actually so uh you have to explain that one just in terms of the the comments around like you can some things you need to do more elaborately than others it's like it's in my opinion, it's like, well, if it's a, if it's an individual and it affects their career, then it deserves enormous consultation. Yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, well, some, some things you can't, I think as simple as that, because the, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not appropriate to, and um, to do, you know, to do that. So, um, it's as simple as that. And I think, uh, we'd have to agree, <laughs> we'd agree to disagree there because you don't understand the, you know, I guess it's understanding the context as well, which isn't mm. really the right forum for it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would say, you know, it's, um, like I said, we give everything that we do, um, really serious, um, consideration. We consult, I think really appropriately around, around the context, um, and, um, yeah. And I think we'll, I think we'll can we'll continue to do that, but also we'll continue to learn from our mistakes as well. I think I'm not, I'm not saying we're perfect. I think it's, it's one of the things I probably get the Mickey taken out of me saying that, you know, we do, 
trying to think about progress and not perfection and and um, and are not arrogant enough to to say we don't make mistakes and i haven't made mistakes myself mm. uh, would be human to do that so i think we've got really good intent around the program and um i think we've got a good culture i think it's challenging at times i think we have to make tough decisions and and um yeah these structures are, are tough um are tough to do but i think they're done in the right intent and i think it's done in the right way yeah so in yeah. terms of when an when an athlete does get cut is that is that it for them so in terms of like say you're on a 23 you make make it to a year out from tokyo and all things come to an end uh you weren't progressing to where you need to be is that the end of the line or is there an opportunity for them to uh reinvent not reinvent no, no, but I think, continue I think their career my, no, no, I, I absolutely not. I think um, I can remember, you know, thinking back. You know, quite often people have missed out on Olympic games or World Championships. That's really given them a like a motivation um, to go again. So absolutely not. We talk about it, but like an open door. You know, if like you know, like if you're good enough, you you know, you can be selected. You know, like like in principle, and um, and that's and that's the message that we've. You know, I think that's that ultimately the. Um, yeah, and, and like sometimes stepping away and having a fresh perspective, having a bit of a break, um, you know, because it's you want to have a long and successful career. So no, I think I think sometimes the like you know like a, a non-selection can be a really really powerful motivator as well. Yeah, and actually maybe really really helpful um, to give you that you know to give you a different you know some time to go away and maybe train differently and 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 uh, so no, I would say it's it's not a, a closed door at all. So if you get cut from the what's is the podium, the top one, or the hub for well, you hope so. Hope you hope you get to the top one, the podium. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> as in the the what's the top program called? The yeah, we call we call it the podium. The podium. Program, yeah. So if you get cut from the podium, do you go back into the second one, or can you get back into the second one, or well, like, what's I the guess process in, there? Well, yeah, I guess the principle is that you there's a one way, like your trajectory is up. So, so, um, you wouldn't really, because there's somebody else coming through yeah. and we've got limited places. So I guess if someone were to go down, they'd be taking that place from somebody else, someone younger that maybe is, you know, so I think because we've got, because there's limited places and, 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 and limited resources, I think as a principle, um, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really go, you wouldn't really go. It's not inconceivable, but I guess as a principle, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really go down. Yeah. Uh, um because hopefully there's somebody else coming coming through yeah that's the that's the whole that's the competitive thing with sport you know sport is it's pretty ruthless yeah we're trying to be we're trying to be you know we're trying to be the best in the world we're trying to compete against all these other nations and also got to create an environment where where there is competition there is upward pressure um and that's 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 high performance it is it's it's you know it's tough mm. and i think we all have to understand that you know that's that is the environment that we're in and um and it's really really challenging to be in that environment so so yeah it's and it's yeah like i said it's um like to go back and re-emphasize that we it's it's i think selections are really really difficult and it, like i said it's a uh, it's not something they actually really enjoy uh but like you have to do it mm. um and it, I'm, I'm we take like i said we've we, I'm getting called for dinner now. Um, I'm missing my turn to cook. So, uh, but yeah. So it's, 
Well, one, one, I guess, I, can you give it gauge? Your, how, how much confidence do you have that we're going to win, that you're going to win those medals in Tokyo? Like, is it, is, is, there, is there ever that sense of doubt? Oh, like, yeah. I think, I think a sense of doubt is a, the most essential ingredient of any coach or athlete. And it's, you need to have the right amount of doubt. You've always got to be checking, am I doing enough? Yeah, you've got to be just checking in. And, um, and I think the best coaches, you hear the best coaches thinking and and because you, you, you need to be on the edge. If you, if you, if, if you believe blindly that you're going to do it, you're not going to think, you're not going to scrutinize what you do, you're not going to review what you do. So you're, you need to have a healthy level of, of doubt. And, that's, and it's a balance, I think. Mm. Um, am I good enough? You know, could I be better? Could I be, am I resting? Am I, am I eating the right things? Am I, am I thinking the right ways? Why? is my position right? You know, is, is my, is my skills right? I think there's got to be a real, a real pursuit around, around improvement. So I think if you, if you just blindly believe that you're going to win without the thought about what I need to do to win, I think, I think that's what separates. So yeah. And that, and, and that's uncomfortable, isn't it? That's to be in that environment um, is, um, is, is tough too. But I do think, I think that's, I think that's really important to have a, a level of doubt. So do I believe blindly? No, I don't. But do I believe that we can think really hard about what the problem is? Do you think we can adjust and change and, and, um, and, and like improve and um, learn from mistakes? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so to me, it is, it is a massive process around, you know, controlling what you can control in and you can't control winning. That's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely you can't. Um, but you can do your absolute best to really think really hard about the challenges and the hurdles and the barriers that you face ahead and, um, and keep getting up when, um, you get knocked down. I guess that's again, a, a you know, a really, really important part of it. So, so winning is not guaranteed, but, um, and I think what often is, uh, I think we all do this really for the, you know, it's, you know, the winning comes and goes in the flash, you know, quite often if you win at the highest level, it's like, like a relief. It's not necessarily uh, like an enjoyable thing. It's been so much of build up. So you've got to love, you've got to love this. You've got to love riding your bike. You've got to love coaching. You've got to love really being involved in the sport. And that's, and that's why I do it. I, I love cycling. Mm. Um, so well, we might leave it at that, Simon. We'll let you have dinner. Thank you for your time and uh, yep. all the best for the, for the lead up again. Take two. Yeah. Take two, version two. Yeah, thanks a lot. Good to speak.